0: We are very excited about today's show, but before we begin, we have Jesse Ledoux with our product feature of the week. Jesse, tell us what you got for us.
1: So, Steven, so many people are already on board with this amazing new resource that we're putting together. It is Pageant Planet Daily. It is a newsletter of all things pageant news, current events, tips, everything you need for the day in one amazing snapshot.
0: Awesome. Can you give us an example of like what's in the newsletter and like why it's even important for either moms, dads and, and contestants to, to sign up?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it has a, a general pageant tip and that can be anything ranging from fitness to picking the right colors for you to posture, etc. Something that every pageant contestant will need to apply for successful performance. It has a wrap-up of the day's current events. So if you are in a system um, that has current events questions, it's a really quick... Um, overview of what happened in the world the day before, um, at least the hottest topic happening um, in the world. And then even if your pageant doesn't have current events, it's still so important for you as a potential public figure to be educated and knowledgeable about what's happening. So that's a great step of personal growth. And then in addition to that, um, there's also a rundown of what's happening in the pageant industry. There's really not a news outlet dedicated to pageant News specifically, other than the Pageant Planet, so it's an opportunity for you to see it all in one place.
0: Yeah, I remember Sherry, who's our queen of design. She, when she was on vacation, she just said, "Yeah, I just I, I opened that up and read it every morning. It felt like I was totally connected, even with just a, a five minute skim through through the email." So I thought that that was a pretty cool, um, pretty cool testimony. And I know from a company standpoint, personally, so many girls have signed up for this newsletter. And we're now sending out like the emails to just more people than what we ever did. Um, our bill is increased <laughs> by our, <laughs> by like a lot, uh, you know? So I was like, Oh wow, that's, that's popular. And, uh, okay. Now I got a, a budget for it, um, uh, from a, a company perspective, but, um, awesome. So tell, tell the girls, um, and guys for that matter, how they can sign up for it, where they can discover it costs. If there's any costs like that, um, Yeah, just give us the details.
1: Yes, so the details are, and I will say, it's perfect, like you said, not just for pageant parents and contestants, but pageant coaches, pageant vendors. I mean, anyone that wants to be on the pulse of the industry, this is a resource for you. It's completely free. So why the heck wouldn't you sign up for it? You can sign up for it by visiting pageantplanet.com backslash daily. It'll go right to your email um, every single morning. And I would just say the first couple of days after you sign up, check your spam if you're not seeing it in your email inbox to make sure that the right flags are on it so that it pops up and you can read it every morning.
0: Yeah. And I know for me, um, I have Google and I have the different tabs and I'm one of those nerdy people. I basically only check my email from my desktop, but it lands in my promotional folder a lot. Even though it's just like the news. So you can do that. There's a filter that you can set it to the priority so you don't miss it. But again, like if you're preparing for a pageant, it covers world news. I know there's a lot of people that listen to us from Australia, what's up, down under, um, United Kingdom. I mean, even South Africa. I mean, Poland it's like it's amazing when Jesse and I are pulling the stats of everybody listening to this podcast. It truly is a global community, so we do that take that into account with our newsletter. So with that being said, thank you, Jesse, and everyone go sign up the pageantplanet.com backslash daily. Welcome to the Pageant Planet Podcast, where we help you succeed in pageantry. Now here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Welcome everyone to another episode today, Jesse and myself, we're going to discuss the seven steps for a great presentation slash like if you're doing public speaking. So Jesse set the stage for us.
1: So one of my favorite activities to ask a client to do is to map out a 30-minute presentation. And I say, "Okay, what would you what would you do if you had an audience, a captive audience for 30 minutes? What would you say?" And they typically just stare at me terrified because everyone says they want to tell their story, they want to share their story, but when I ask them how they plan to do it beyond just telling the story, many people don't think about all the other components that go into a successful presentation. So I would say have a plan to make the most of your time. And if you do more than just like quote unquote talk, um, it'll A, and I'm going to use one of my least favorite phrases, it'll actually make a difference if you have a plan surrounding your message. And two, you might actually get referrals for more speaking opportunities. So the more you're willing and able to put together a comprehensive outline for your presentation, the better off you'll be.
0: Well, I want to ask the question before we get into the meat and potatoes of what it is that you're saying. Why is it even important that a title holder or a would-be title holder listens to an episode like this?
1: So it's important because every title holder is essentially vying for the opportunity to be a spokesmodel for a year. So whether you have your own personal platform or I think one of the like one of the emerging trends for pageants is the system itself will have One overarching platform, you'll have to do this at some point. And if you're trying to become a title holder, the more you can say you've done these speaking opportunities, the better it will look on your resume. If if you, I hear all the time, I don't know what to put on my resume. I don't have any skills or accomplishments. Well, maybe you'll do a speaker series of five appearances. I mean, that's certainly something you'd want to put on your resume. So it's something that a lot of places are always looking for, libraries, um, elderly care facilities schools etc are always looking for speakers so there's no shortage of opportunities
0: yeah and just as a, a business professional so many outdoors of opportunities have opened up for me because I gave a speech in front of the chamber of commerce mm-hmm. or I talked to a different group of people like back when I just had my marketing company and I was just starting um, pageant planet I got so many marketing clients out of just giving away free information to different people and then just said, Oh yeah, by the way, if you want to hire me, um, you know, come up, see me afterwards, that sort of thing. And as a title holder, it not only will help you in that arena in the professional arena because you can't compete forever. It'll also translate very nicely inside the interview room when you're answering your on-stage question or, You know, when you're on national television at Miss America, Miss USA, Miss Universe, Miss World, Miss Earth, all that stuff, right, where you have to speak in front of millions of people by having this real world experience of talking to elderly when somebody's not paying attention to you in the back or boys and girls clubs when people are playing on their phone and you're still able to stay focused on your message. All of that will help you portray beautifully on stage when it really counts to win in the crown.
1: Yeah, I love that. I remember I had a director when I was doing theater, when I was in like fourth or fifth grade, and she told us she's going to do things purposely to distract us while we are on stage as part of our rehearsal. I mean, we're fourth and fifth graders. We're super distracted by everything. So it really forced us to be in the moment, stay focused, and trust your muscle memory, your um, long-term memory with your memorizing your lines or your bullet points. Um, so the more practice, the better.
0: Awesome. Okay, so let's get into the very first point. What's the first step to creating a beautiful presentation?
1: The first step is the, I would say, the easiest. It's to tell a story. And when you tell a story, it can be your story, the story that really impacted you to get involved, the story of someone you've worked with or met. And the story will make you human. And that's the biggest thing. You walk in with a crown and sash, and people always assume that you are perfect or you're unrelatable and this really breaks down those barriers and it shows credibility in the topic you're about to present not just that you've read an encyclopedia britannica and i don't even know if anyone listening to this podcast will know what encyclopedia britannica is it's a book with lots of explanations and definitions for those of you who grew up in the digital age listening um it's like wikipedia
0: in book form is basically what yeah, it was. Yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. And you could get the whole anthology, right? I know my family had A to Z. My family couldn't DVD. afford them. <laughs> <laughs> I think ours was a hand-me-down statement. Oh, okay, got it. <laughs> so it was very outdated. But anyway, so it just shows credibility. It shows you have life experience in the topic you're presenting on, and it connects emotionally because once you're able to put – details in a story form. People can picture it. They can imagine it. And you want to keep it visual. You want them to be able to put themselves into the story.
0: Yeah. And for me, a lot of times when I'm uh, starting a speaking engagement, it also serves as an opportunity for me to calm down. Um, I like to use humor just because I like to... I feel like I'm a bit goofy quirky whatever and it helps to bring my own walls down because when you're laughing and everybody else is laughing it'll leave that nervousness and creates that sense of calm and then I can go into something more serious so uh, whether that's a full-out story or whether it's a joke about like something happened maybe I tripped walking onto the stage or whatever um, it helps to calm my nerves and again like break down those walls so I find it's beautiful to just help to calm my nerves as a speaker and um Create that more of a, a, a rapport with your audience. So I like that.
1: Yeah. And it just speak from the heart, too. It's so important that you are being authentic and genuine and your story is the perfect time for that. So end rant on the story.
0: OK, so what's step number two for creating a great um, presentation?
1: Step two is read the audience. Um, Prepare if you can. So sometimes you may know the demographics, sometimes you may not, Um, but based upon who you're presenting to and adjust as necessary. Um, And when you're reading the audience, if if they seem to be really stressed or uptight or quiet, like prepare some icebreakers to help get them out of their shell or to help them engage with you and really open them up. Um, maybe it's a joke that you have prepared. Like you said, Steven and I say like test some lines with various groups and you're sitting around the dinner table or you're with some friends, test out some material, test out icebreakers, see if they laugh, see if they roll their eyes. And and it, for, through that experience in that trial and error period, you'll really find your sweet spot. But Stephen, like other than like you said, like telling the joke or like, showcasing those little details you just talked about how do you connect with audiences uh, when you see when you finally are able to evaluate who you're speaking to
0: it depends on the size of the audience I'll also give you a surefire way that if your joke fails how you can recover from it and almost always get a few laughs
1: oh let's get it
0: okay so but first let's talk about how I connect with an audience now if it's a size of about 20 or less what I do is I ask them what's important for them that I cover. Um, and what this does is it gets them engaged. And so in essence, I ask some clarifying questions of what's important to them that I talk about. Now, I already have my outline. I already have my notes. And more than likely, they're not going to put anything on there that I don't already have in my outline that I'm going to cover. But what it does is it gives them the ability to feel like I've heard them and I've curtailed my outline for them. Love right. It. So if it's Eric I'm like oh, um, let's say a guy raises his hand what's important for you to cover it's important for me to co- for you to cover social media marketing okay what's your name eric awesome okay eric so i'm going to put down social media marketing and then like as i go through the speech and i hit that bullet point i look at the board and say you know eric does that do you feel like that answers your question he's like yeah actually yeah it does i'm like great so eric now feels like his, his that he really contributed to my speech Right. So it's not me talking at him, it's me talking with him for for groups that are, um, larger than, um, and it's not a hard cutoff, but let's say larger than 20 that are like hundred, two hundred. hundred, 200. I like to do, uh, there's a analogy that I do because a lot of the stuff that I speak on is business, is marketing, is personal development. Um, and I, that transcends even when I'm speaking in pageantry. And so I do this one element where I tell everyone, okay, everyone look at, around the room and find something that's, that's red. And so everybody's looking around the room, they're finding something that's red, find something that's red and they look at something red. I'm like, okay, you got it? And they're like, got it. And then, so I say, tell me what you saw that was yellow or I pick another color, purple, whatever. Well, they weren't looking for it. Right? So they're only looking for red. So I'm like, so when you're coming into the speech or when you're coming to a particular topic, you're only used to seeing things from your perspective. Right, And so naturally, you're going to look for things inside my speech that connects with your perspective already. What I'm suggesting to you is that some of these topics that I'm bringing to you, it's going to be yellow. And you're used to seeing red, so you're going to immediately reject them or not even see them. So it might take several times to learn it before you integrate it. Or you can use this in seeing somebody else's perspective. So some some sort of group audience like that. Uh, If you have a great statistic, let's say there's 100 people in a room, and you know that Eighty-five percent of people have financial troubles or have experienced lack of self-esteem. So you have everyone um, basically count off like one to fifteen. So you start here; it's like 10, all the way through, right? And you do the math. And you say, "Okay, everyone who has the numbers thirteen through one, stay seated, right? And then everybody else stand up." And so everybody else stands up. So everybody has a visual statistic of if the room was the demographic, just how many people are affected by the problem that you're presenting to them. So again, mm. it's not just a, like a, a, an arbitrary number. They look around the room and say, Holy crap. Like if, if this room represented the planet, this is how many people deal with this issue. So it's something that gets them pulled in and they see the importance of it of just how many people are, are dealing with it. Now, when you tell a joke, and Lord knows I tell a lot of jokes that just like flatline, right? And so if I'm up there and I tell the joke and it flatlines, I just pretend like I'm bringing out my my pen and making a note on the, my paper, like never say that one again. <laughs> <laughs> or it's like, or if there's no paper available, I'm like. That sounded so much better in my head. And then (laughs) normally people laugh because they knew it like bailed, right? I admitted that it bailed. And I was just like, wow, that sounded so much funnier when I was backstage, right? And then a few people laugh and then you just recover from it and then you move on because it's not a big deal if you don't make it a big deal. So those are just a few tricks of the trade that I use to connect with people.
1: That is so true. And when you can acknowledge what they're feeling because they're definitely feeling like, wow, that, that did not work well, or that wasn't funny. If you can acknowledge like, yeah, that didn't work. I totally am in your head right now. Immediately will help them break down walls. And again, it's all about being human. And that is a perfect example of how to do it.
0: Yeah, it's great. Okay. So point number three, uh, what's, what's the next point of how to really create a beautiful presentation?
1: Yeah. So you've already teased it a little bit, but it's plan interactive moments. Presentations, they definitely should be two sided to be truly engaging, you don't want people to feel like, just like you said, you don't want them to feel like they're being talked at, but you're talking with them. So it's those Q and A moments or the call and response that you have to have at the ready to keep attendance focused and involved. Um, I mean, we've all, like, remember the teacher from Charlie Brown, the wa wah, 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 wah. wah. Oh, yeah. We've all been to presentations like that. Don't be Charlie Brown's teacher. And you can avoid that when you have those engaging moments of call and response or question that you can kind of keep throughout the entire presentation
0: yeah it goes back to the old saying people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care and Mm -hmm. if we look back through our life the people that we connect most with the people that we deem our mentors people that we respect enough they're the people that's taken time and really learned about us because we're all wearing around invisible sign that says make me feel important and um, I was reading last night before I was going to bed, and this quote that somebody said, it said, um, learn more, but know less. I thought that was really powerful. And um, it's that kind of servant-minded speaking that causes people to be truly great speakers. Like, if you really look at what Martin Luther King did, um and even on an extreme negative what adolf hitler did in his speeches they were all very passionate they were both very like well versed but they spoke in terms of the people right they had a heard- definitive goal they had a definitive agenda but they spoke in terms of the people now one did it for what we would label good the other did for what we labeled bad right but the principle is still the same they got into the people who were sitting in the seats and they felt the people sitting in the seats felt like, yeah, this person gets me. Like he understands my struggles, mm-hmm. and and that's what caused them to be connected. Because if we're just talking about um, success in terms of influence, we would we would agree that both speakers were highly successful because they got people into action. Now, whether or not those actions are not were moral, ethical, whatever, right? that's a different topic. But if we're just talking about influencing your audience, both were very successful and they both implemented the same principles. Mm
1: -hmm. Exactly.
0: Anything else that you feel important to cover on that topic?
1: No, I think a combination of what we said for reading the audience and for planning the interactive moments, we gave you a lot of examples to go forward and kind of make it that section your own. And it is so, so, so critical to the success of your presentation. So I can't say it enough. Engage and interact.
0: great. Um okay, step number four of creating a powerful presentation.
1: yeah, so um Stephen, you mentioned like, presentations of 20 and under are very different than presentations of 20 and more. So this really if you have a much larger group, you may want to skip this next step, but if you're a more smaller group like a classroom or like you said boys and girls club, have an activity as number 4. And an activity will help illustrate your point. So it could be a worksheet. I have a lot of clients creating their own worksheets because they know what steps to talk through or to help someone talk through for any given cause or or platform, um, maybe if it's a really like young group, you want to read a specific book to them. Is it a game you're playing? An activity? People have different ways of learning, so this hands-on experience is something that they can put into practice and really commit to memory.
0: Yeah, I, I I've even seen this done. I like, yeah, I remember going to this particular conference. Uh, gosh, I feel like I was I was 23 when I went to this conference, and the end of this weekend conference we had a there was a board and we had to break the board with our hands and it wasn't a small board by any means i mean it was it was a pretty big board right and they gave instructions of how to break it whatever we wrote on the board the thing that we felt like was holding us back whether that was like lack of self-esteem or um my parents talked down to me whatever right and the the symbolism behind breaking through that board that had your problem on it is like, okay, right. You've broken on the other side. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of amazing activities out there that really brings it home. Um, I don't remember if you, I don't know if you remember uh Volkswagen, I believe it was Volkswagen. Don't quote me on this. They did a commercial where they, they put a bunch of students in a movie theater. They got everybody's cell phone number as they went. And so they were showing like just a car driving down the road and it was first person, narrative right so the only thing you Mm -hmm. can see is the windshield and the beautiful trees and all that well simultaneously everybody's phone started ringing in the whole theater simultaneously everybody's phone so they all looked down and then all you heard was, and then the car wrecked and it hit a tree and then like you're sitting there and the car's flipping and all that and you're just seeing internal and it just said like basically don't text and drive wow that's it powerful was, oh my gosh it gives me cold chills even to think about it because it was such a like impactful moment and when you can find a way to get your audience's entire core their body into the activity you're going to leave them with a lasting impression and you're really going to cause a change and these kinds of speakers i know because i used some market speakers like when with my marketing company got people onto new york times with a selling list all that but like Literally, they get paid tens of thousands of dollars per speaking engagement. So talk about leveraging pageantry for a real-life career opportunity. These are principles that we're talking about now where you can do that and you can launch a very profitable career as a speaker. Like I know mm-hmm. Deshauna Barber makes very good money um, speaking post her, her pageant. So um, – yeah, I'm not liberty to say how much, but it's it's a very good lifestyle just in her speaking engagement. So there is a really prime opportunity for women like yourselves, yourselves listening and of course you, Jessie, um, mm-hmm. all over the planet because you have that platform already to really make a solid business out of this and to create a good lifestyle for you.
1: Yeah, and I'll give you a couple of other examples of some activities that I've seen that have worked really well. Um, the first, this was... Suggested to me by a retired... Um, Miss America title holder and she had a platform about STEM and she was like, STEM is the most boring topic to kids um, until you can show them how it relates to your everyday life. So she was showing them at reaction time and they were doing an exercise where she would drop the ruler and they would have to catch it and where on the ruler they would catch it would illustrate their reaction time. So could they catch it higher up or was it lower, et cetera? And then she said, well, think about it if you're on the basketball court now, your reaction time has to be quicker, you have to react to passes or rebounds, etc. So that science experiment allowed the kids to see how science relates to real life. So I thought that was a really successful example of an activity. Another, um, um, I had a client do a goal setting sheet talking about, okay, here are the steps for how to set goals, short, long, etc. I loved that example. And then one of my favorites was very visual. She had kids pick either... Raisin Bran cereal or a box of cookies, whether they, which one they wanted and of, which one do you think Steven, they always pick Oh, cookies. So then they opened both of them and the cookies were in the cereal box and the cereal was in the cookie box. And her whole mentality was don't judge people from the outside. Wow. And I just loved that. So you guys like, keep in mind, Try to think of something that's special to you and not necessarily a carbon copy about the examples you're hearing today, but that's just to give you an idea of some of these visuals that you can apply to really help your presentation stand apart from just a talk. So great. Yeah, I love that one.
0: Yeah, that's really good. May or may not use that in the future.
1: Yes, for sure. Uh, All right. (laughs) So, Go ahead. No, I was going to say number five. Are you ready for number five? Yeah,
0: that's what just what I was going to ask you. So, Perfect. yeah, go We're ahead. We're
1: on the same page. Um, provide a resource. So, you when you tell your story, you've proved a point, you're done, right? Wrong. Wrong. Yes. A great, <laughs> thank you, Stephen. You're welcome. A great presenter always provides information or further education or means of support. So, like, your presentation should not be the end of this conversation for the group you're with. It should really. Be a catalyst. I mean, that's their starting point um, of a much larger conversation, a bigger picture, et cetera. When people always like say, like, what? What is a resource? A resource is a website, whether it's yours or someone else's or an organization, a phone app that they can have right at their fingertips, books. Stephen, you and I have done a podcast about books that we think are valuable for growth and for development. I mean, those are great resources. Are there people, are there government um, agencies that are great resources, tools, podcasts, et cetera? Leave them with something that they can take into their own hands and further dive into your topic.
0: Mm, yeah, I, I like that. So few people really, because resources is how you go from giving a speech to truly being a speaker. Now, it all depends on like what, you, what your end result is going to be. Right or like what you want your end result to do? You want to create a business out of this? Do you just want to um, have people to lobby or, or vote or submit something to their senators? Do you just want to get awareness out to your pageant? But either one, most people, and this is every aspect of life, they don't start with the end in mind, and like providing a resource where you can follow up and you can get their information, right, so that you can you have the power to follow up with them is vitally important if you're giving a speech so that you can continue to cultivate that relationship for whatever you desire the outcome to be.
1: Oh, for sure. And that, um, actually ties us into the next step. Um, and that's the call to action. Number six is call to action. So you've given them the resources, what can they do to further the conversation or the impact? Do you want them to donate to the cause? Do you want them to volunteer? Do you want them to meditate daily? I mean, it can really be tailored to whatever your topic is, but it needs to be clear Um, And people always say, like, there's a rule of three with my clients. We do rules of three for almost everything because anything above three is way too overwhelming. Anything um, below three might um, show a little bit lack of depth. We always we always talk in rule of three for just about everything. So make that call to action clear and not more than three things. So know what you're telling them to do. One of my favorite calls to action was actually by Caitlin Monty, who was a Miss New York. And she started this amazing anti-bullying crusade. And she had a very simple call to action for kids. It was stop, block, and tell. Stop, like tell the bully to stop. Block the person from being bullied from being bullied. And tell a trusted adult. Talk about a perfectly clear visual Call to action that everyone will remember.
0: Yeah, I like that. And you can be like,
1: stop, block.
0: Shut him down. Open
1: up. Drop shot. <laughs> <laughs> Again, the Britannica, and no one knows what that's on. Me. Okay, got it. That's hilarious. And we're moving yeah, on.
0: Uh, All right. <clears throat> <clears throat> See, that's something oh, else that, that, was- that I do like a joke. I'm like, and we're moving. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> <clears throat>
1: throat> that that joke really worked though, Steven. So keep that one. All
0: right. Okay. We'll do that.
1: Well, it worked for me. I don't know <laughs> if it's going to work for anyone else. Well, I but I I liked it.
0: I knew my direct audience. Maybe not indirectly. Hopefully have some, <laughs> some more Miss and Ms. and Mrs. contestants Listen to this one. Oh, 90s hip-hop. What
1: a glorious time for music.
0: <laughs> so, okay, random side tangent. Um, yes. Renata and I, we went uh, with some friends of, or actually her childhood best friend moved like 10 minutes from us. So um, they're getting acclimated to their home. But we went over there for um, Friday night, like, of course, do our pizza night. And they had um, the Amazon Fire Stick. And so literally from like nine until one thirty in the morning, we just had the Amazon radio playing and it brought up all the words. So we were just there like having massive karaoke in their house, singing like Tupac and Biggie and like old, um, gosh, all these different like rappers and songs that were like popular and, late nineties, early two thousands or whatever. And even present day, cause all the words are right there and we were just going at it and it was the best time ever. And anyways, it was, it was a good time.
1: That is too funny. Yeah. Love it.
0: Okay. So point number seven, uh, yes. the, the last tip for creating a great presentation.
1: Yeah, the last tip is to stay in contact with your audience or give them a way to stay in contact with you. So if they want to follow up or they need clarification or have questions, you need to be able to provide them the necessary information to be able to reach you. Um and there are two things I suggest you invest in. I guess one or two um, of these. The first is a marketing card, and that just has it's think of it as your business card essentially. It's your name. I really wouldn't suggest your personal phone number um, or your personal email. I would create a title holder email and I would probably stick with that. And then your social media handles and those you can get like Vistaprint always has deals for like 250 cards for like for free. I think they have some generic templates. That's a great resource. The other is autograph cards or autograph pads. And with those, you probably can put your social media handles on those. I know for the autograph cards we have in our, in our shop, shop.thepageantplanet.com, um, we have the ability to customize those autograph cards and put your social media handles on them. So something you always want to have, that way you can tangibly give your information to them. If you put it on a slide in a slideshow, odds are they probably won't write it down. Um, so make it as easy as possible for them to find you.
0: Yeah, that's great. And if you do, you alluded to a phone number. So I'll just, if you do exam, like let's say you're wanting to launch a business and that's um, like you're speaking and you're making reference to your personal training company or your pageant coaching business or whatever. Um, if you do wanted a number that's separate from your personal line, you can just, you can buy one at GoDaddy. It's like $10 a month, something like that. Um, it's really inexpensive. You get a number, it's funneled right through your phone. And when it, when someone calls you on your business line, it shows up as GoDaddy. So, you know, like, okay, this is a business call. Or this is a business line. So you can say, okay, this is you know, pageant planet. You know, this is Steven speaking versus, um, hey, what's up? (laughs) So you can say a little bit more professional and create that separation. And then you even have the ability to text them through that app, et cetera. So um, again, if you wanted to create that, it's like 10 or 11 bucks a month.
1: It's totally worth it too. I mean, protect yourself first and foremost. If you're a pageant contestant, you probably are very charming and outgoing and attractive and you just want to keep yourself safe. So I highly recommend investing in that voice line, and I think Google also has a version of that as well that can be tied right through your email. Um, so something to keep in mind. So check out GoDaddy, check out Google for both of those.
0: Got it. Now I know that with with speaking, um, I have paid people to help me speak. Um, I've marketed people that hire consultants. And they basically go over a very similar information to this and then it's personalized based on how the speaker is doing. You know it, the information is not that different. I mean, everybody listening got it for free. But mm-hmm. if you did want to touch up, I mean they did want to work with you. I know personally, coaches like this cost I mean at, like if a coach is just starting out in the speaking ground, they're charging a hundred dollars an hour. And on the high, I've heard like 250. Or $1,000 a session. Now, a session might last four or five hours, but you've got to come out with a grant in order to even get coached by these particular speaking coaches. Um, if someone wanted to work with you and get more information on this, fine-tune their public speaking, how would they do that? What's the cost? Give us the, the details on that.
1: Sure. So you can visit pageantplanet.com backslash coaching, and there you'll see all of the details for our various memberships or a la carte sessions. It can be a simple 20-minute coaching session that we just do one time where you want to talk through your outline of your presentation. Or it can be anything from our VIP membership, our VIP platinum membership, which ensures m- weekly coaching calls in addition to virtual mock interviews and written questions. But those monthly memberships range from $19 a month to $119 a month. So there's something for any level of um, handholding or guidance you might need.
0: Yeah. And the reason for the, the price differenti- differentiation, if you look at it, a, a coach to a speaker Can launch that speaker to the point where that speaker makes tens of thousands of dollars per speaking engagement. I've got a friend Mm -hmm. that charges $40,000 per speaking engagement, right? We know that initially, as a title holder, you don't have the ability to make that kind of money. You can win a crown, which you can then leverage to do that, but right off the gate, you don't. So for us, we're not able to charge. $300 $300 an hour, like these other coaches, and they can justify it, right? For the speaking. But um, that's why the cost. You're not paying for a difference in information. You're paying in the difference of what we can charge um, in order to basically help the market, right? So, uh, because of that, we've got to do volume, right? And that's the reason why we do like a lower price point. So, just so you know, there, it's not, this is just kind of business 101. It's not a difference in the information. It's a difference in the outcome in the industry of in what you're marketing that determines how much you can actually charge. So again, you can you can go and you can hire um, a speaking coach and pay him or her three hundred plus dollars an hour, whatever, or you can hire us and pay Jossie basically twenty dollars for or twenty five dollars for twenty minutes. You're going to get the same information, but um, you, one you're going to save a lot of money. So off the high horse. Jesse, you did an amazing job. Thank you everybody for listening and we'll talk to you next week. Want to ask your questions to the title holders and professionals we interview? Become a VIP girl today and get unlimited coaching from the pageant planet. Plus, ask as many questions as you'd like for For only $47. $47.